and see how high it bounces. No, we tried that. We tried skydiving with cookies, and they just kind of disintegrated in the air. Oh, wow. As soon as you took it out of your pocket, it was yeah, just like... It was <laughs> <laughs> just like... No pieces. Yeah. There. You guys need anything? That, okay, okay. We're rolling. So Lyle talked me into partnering with a plane with him. Uh, <laughs> but I don't think... He, I think I talked him out of letting me. So <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> You're getting a plane? Uh, we'll see. Nothing's, nothing's a deal until it's a deal. So, um, possibly. And I gave him a strategy to do it with zero money. Which I like that. It sounds like a good, good plan. So he's going to reward me with helping him. Welcome to another episode of Cookies and Profits. We haven't officially, well, we just released our first episode. Yes, we did. With, with Joel, Joel Bomberger. Yep. Um, so we're releasing a few and then we're going to send this guy. Doesn't he know? Doesn't know? We, you know, we're live? No, we're, yeah. we're at an airport, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Lyle is, uh, Lyle, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. So Lyle Horse uh, started Systemized Media, started out in marketing, and we help contractors uh, on social media get more business, and then also uh, partnered in Topline Heating and Air right when it was starting out, and we grew that over the last few years as well. So. And so you're killing it. And I think I was the first or second or no, third customer of taylor chip you were actually it was on the same day we sold two dozen no way but i think we delivered yours first nice wow so yeah lyle was the first customer <laughs> of taylor chip which is crazy actually there, to think there about should be some type of reward when you sell yeah the do millions. you remember what flavors you got it was just chocolate chip that's all we had at the chocolate time. chip yeah. wow yeah, and we yeah. thought, so I met Lyle um, back in the day when he was in Amway. And so me and Sarah <laughs> were like convinced that you were on a, to, you wanted to hang out with us to like introduce us to Amway. Yeah. And we were just like, we, we had this whole thing where like, I don't really want to sell him cookies because it was, <laughs> we were like, we don't want him to try to think he's buying cookies to try to convince us to join Amway. And so we just right. said, me and Sarah just said before we left the house, we were like, we're going to, they want cookies. We'll sell them cookies. We're just going to say no. <laughs> I've been approached four times in the last like two or three months by people. Wow. Trying really? to get me to join their, uh, their business. That's great. Opportunity. Yeah. I had, so I was doing affiliate marketing and um, I signed up like on Amazon to promote products and a couple different other sites. And I was, I was building websites, trying to make a business out of it. Mm -hmm. And then um, my wife met, uh, met uh, this girl at a park and they hit it off and became friends. And then they said we should hang out and when we hung out, the first thing they said was that they're doing this, um, they didn't say it was Amway, they said it was basically affiliate marketing. So I was like, oh yeah, I know what affiliate marketing is. Um, you know, I thought it was the same thing. So that's kind of how we got introduced to Amway. And after being in it for a little bit, it wasn't, you know, it's more call your friends and family. It wasn't, yeah. wasn't exactly- What they presented what, it. What I had pictured or was presented, so. Yeah. Um, I went all in on digital marketing. Yeah. It, it was a turning point for me though, because I realized how much effort and work these guys were putting in. And I seen people working 24 seven 
um, outside of their jobs to try to go recruit people in this opportunity. And I was mind blown and it was like a light bulb moment for me. I was like, if I, if I put that much work into something that is a true business and I know I could be successful at, I'm going to go far. So, and that's uh, literally what happened to me too. I mean, I was in Amway coming out of high school and, uh, somebody approached me still friends with the guy. Um, rich is his name and uh, still friends oh, yeah. with him. yeah you, you know rich yeah. yeah uh great guy i don't know if he's doing it still or not but um approached me about it didn't you know i i didn't have any information i was young i never heard of it before and so i said yeah sounds great let's do it and it was just like they started feeding you books right away um they started you know doing everything that you would do um you know for a real business and yeah like you said just working and i really just i think what got me is um the i think it was like my fifth meeting or fourth meeting where the guy presented and he said we are in the biggest opportunity in the world and he said this company did 11 billion dollars last year and i just did the math quick i was like wait what that's all Cause it was like, you're, there's like 300,000 of people like me. And so you do your math, like, let's say all the profit from 11 billion goes to those 300 people. It was like pennies. And so I just did that. And then I looked at like how the much the biggest people were making. And I was like, that's like, they were in the millions, but I was like, that's just not what I want. And so, yeah, I quit after that. Cause I was just like, that's way too small of an opportunity. And so, but yeah. I mean, not to bash on that at all. It's a, it's good. I think there's a lot of people that are really killing it doing it. Yeah, my 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 best friend. I lost a relationship over it because he didn't want to be friends with me because I I wasn't going to. He wanted to focus on making money and business and all that stuff. And I guess because we didn't align, he didn't want to be friends or whatever. But I did hop on like three or four calls, and there's like the mindset aspect of it. It's great. Is it's great, huge, and yeah. it, it taught me a lot just about business and what yeah. is required to actually grow. Yeah, I think any, so. anybody who's looking for opportunities honestly should join something like that because mm-hmm. they really have all the mindset stuff and everything down. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so you, so you started doing more marketing. I know you were doing like, um, like black SEO type of like, like backlinks and stuff <laughs> like that and like different things before that big update happened. And yeah, yeah. talk more about like you where you came from and all, and your marketing and all that stuff and how we led to your helicopter. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a lot and there's a lot in between. So, um, see where to start. I had, when I was originally dating Kim, who's my wife now, um, she had a small photography business and I decided she needs a website. So, um, she didn't have one at the time. Um, So, I went on YouTube, how to build a website, you know, typed in, started, and I came across, um, at the time, there wasn't near as many, uh, or if they were, they weren't marketed near as well, uh, sites like Wix and these drag and drop builders. So I came across WordPress. Um, so I went through a couple courses on YouTube on how to build a WordPress site, um, built her the website. And I was like, oh, this is kind of a cool skill. What could I do with this? So I Googled how to make money with websites. Um, didn't even think about selling websites. I was thinking more, how can I build a website that makes money? So um, that's where I came across affiliate marketing and SEL. And really it was about uh, having a website that sells something 
you don't need your own products if you promote other people's products. You just got to figure out a way to get traffic to it. And free traffic is SEO. So um, I went through an SEO course that had, yeah, a bunch of the, the old strategies that got kind of destroyed when Google changed their algorithm. And um, I had a site that was like a teeth whitening review site and I had a bunch of different affiliate links on there and uh, just, you know, basically took content and repurposed it and had articles on there and got it to start to rank a little bit. And then Google changed their algorithm and it, it dropped. So mm. it's like, oh, bummer. Now what? So um, started learning Google ads and started running ads to it, which I got it to produce income, but not profitably. The ads cost it more than the products. So that's where, you know, I started doing more research and I came across higher ticket products, uh, info products, and I got into messing around promoting some of those. And I met this, um, actually someone hit my wife in our, in the Jeep we had at a time in a, in a parking lot. Um, they were going catty corner across the parking lot and they practically totaled the vehicle and I took it to the body shop and I needed to go from there to a, uh, rental car company over in New Holland. I think it was, um, I think it might've been, inter it might've been, uh, I forget what, which company it was, but, um, there was a guy at the body shop that was doing consulting there and he said, Hey, I can take you over. It's on my way home. So on the way over, um, he was telling me about his apparel company and he said they just hired someone to do Facebook ads for like 1500 a month and they work with them for I think three months and had gotten zero results. And I said, well, I'll run your Facebook ads for free because yeah. at the time I was working a standard nine to five job as a service technician. And um, so I started running their ads, started getting results for them. They soon started paying me. So that was my first client, yeah. client. And what um, year was this? It's a great question. Um, at that point, maybe 2015, 16, somewhere in there. It's hard to right. remember exactly. Well, I think that's really cool. What you said there is you started it. You started your running your first client for free. Yeah. And like we just, we had somebody else on the podcast who has like a, he does SEO and he's like, I started doing my first like five people. I just did it for free. So it's like, it's. I think that's really cool because you build up so much trust and value doing it for free. And it's also like, there's no excuse for you to like, you're just figuring it out and they don't care if you don't know everything. And so there's a lot more leeway from the other, from the business owner or whatever too. So, yeah. So my second client was actually a chiropractor, um, which was up in Shemokin, Pennsylvania, a couple hours away. And I just ran a small ad on Facebook that went to like a Google form or something. It wasn't even a legit landing page. Mm -hmm. And I just made this video that said, hey, um, I uh, am gonna do a case study and do marketing and advertising for a couple businesses for free, just to, uh, you know, basically proof of concept. Mm -hmm. If you're interested, just, you know, click the button below and just fill out a form. I think it was just a Google form. It was super simple. Yeah. And I might've had, I think I put like $50 or less in it. I had a couple people fill it out. One was this chiropractor who did a free trial. We got him results and he started paying. So that was my second client. Wow. And so that was based off of an ad that you ran. Yeah. Right. So wow. I wasn't at that point, I didn't want to go blast all my family, friend, business owners. I, right. I've always been a more of an ads guy instead of 
yeah. organic reach out to everyone I know. Yeah. 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 For sure. And then that grew into like systemized media then? Yeah. So we it started out horse marketing. As I started growing in marketing nationwide, I decided we needed we needed a, a more uh, business name. I think everyone and their brother starts out their name company. Mm -hmm. So um, came up with systemized media and we help businesses with with really their their marketing systems. And we were just helping anyone and everyone working with with people in a bunch of different spaces, e-commerce. We had e-commerce clients that we were doing way more work than we should have been doing for them at the at the rate we were we were charging. We had we had doctors, we had um, chiropractors, we had home builders, we had everyone. Mm -hmm. And then I had an HVAC company referred to me down in Texas and um, I ha I had done refrigeration which was very similar to HVAC as a technician. So um, Instantly, I was like, oh, I can understand these businesses. I know what they're selling. Um, so, you know, after getting a couple HVAC clients, I decided to go on an HVAC, and we've grown to over 100 clients in oh. Systemized Media in a couple All of years. All HVAC? All HVAC. Which is cool, because you found your, you, you, you didn't start out with a niche. You found it. Yeah. Yeah. This is super cool. And it, it's it's way easier to scale with one thing you do really well than with a million things that you don't do very well. So yeah. I've noticed you guys have amazing cookies, uh, but you don't have donuts. And Hang on. Hang on. Hang we on. are at an airport, We're so you're going airport, to be getting so a ton of noise all day long. So we told them to shut it down, but I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't listen. So. These uh, private people want to take off with their jets all yeah, day. So. I would too. I would too. Privileged people. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go. So what were you saying? I didn't. Um, so you, I noticed Taylor Chip doesn't have... They don't have a million different things. You don't have burgers. You don't have fries. You don't Not have yet. donuts. You have cookies. Yeah, right. right. Exactly. They're the best cookies in the world because you focus on yeah, cookies. Just the, mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So then yeah. did you, so you don't have any other niches basically. you like, you don't have the contractors or the, anyone no, like I mean, that anymore? We've, we have, I still have some of those original clients mm -hmm. in different niches, but we, we've grown focusing specifically on HVAC. Um, we've added some niche that are very similar to them. Like some of them also do electrical or also do plumbing. Um, so we've run some of those campaigns as well, but we've been very focused on that, that specific niche just based on it's extremely scalable. We're very well at it. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And now with the heating and air company top line, we're getting a lot of credibility as well in that niche. So, yeah. well, yeah. So then that's where, uh, I feel like I even remember you saying like, I'm looking for somebody, I think I want to do the HVAC, you know, on my own, I'm looking for somebody to partner with or whatever. Um, so then, yeah, you did that. And, uh, yeah, talk to, tell us about that. Yeah. So I had, um, you know, I started working with a lot of bigger HVAC companies that were spending hundreds of thousands a month, um, some less, some more, but, um, and I realized that an HVAC business is much easier to scale from a marketing and sales standpoint than a marketing company. So one thing with marketing, it's very saturated, which um, it's, it's a little bit easier on the systems side to scale, but it's a little bit harder on the marketing side to really, really scale. Yeah. Where 
a, a company that has the type of demand as as cookies or HVAC where, we, where we're dealing with, instead of just dealing with businesses, we're dealing with the mass population. Uh, there's a lot more people, a lot more potential customers. So yeah. I wanted to start an HVAC company that was in the area that was, was different, that cared about the team, cared about the customers, provide a higher level of service than really everyone else was providing in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and or partner with one. Um, and that's when soon after that, Sam Matzik had reached out about doing marketing for his business top line, which he had just launched. And at the time he was still a technician. So he was just, um, he was just quitting to, to start top line. And, um, we normally didn't bring on clients that were brand new like that. I was in Florida at the time. I said, Hey, let's meet up when we get back and you know, we'll talk. Right. And um, what it, what ended up happening, uh, he got on a sales call with one of the guys on my sales team and he ended up signing and I saw it come through as a sale with Systemized Media. So I called the sales rep. I was like, wait, did this guy just pay? Because he's, I think it's a brand new business. I don't even think they launched yet. He's yeah. like, oh yeah, he's motivated. He's, he's exciting. Um, I think we got another airplane in the back Yeah, we got here. another airplane, guys. Hang on. Zoom in. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll zoom into the airplane or something. I don't know. <laughs> These people, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so... Yeah. Um, anyway, so he signed up and he... Uh, he started selling and installing right away. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a month or two later, we decided to partner. And the week we partnered, we hired two or three people. And we just, uh, I think the first, um, I think he had did like maybe 60,000 in a month just by himself. Yeah. And we went from there to, I think over 150. And we, we grew really, really quickly. So we had in the first... In the first 12 months, I believe it was somewhere around 2.5 million we did. Um, the, the first year was over 1.5 and that wasn't even a whole year. It was like yeah. three quarter of a year. Wow. And then, uh, yeah, and I think like from that, you know, you also have to look at like one, uh, your partner, he was in HVAC probably for how many years, like three? Like he, that. he was in for a few years yeah yeah, yeah so he kind of knew what he was doing on the on the install side uh-huh. but didn't know anything about business necessarily or did he have a good grip on like naturally did he have a good grip on that um he picked it up pretty naturally so he he had um no business experience so i had a good idea of how we could get uh some of the systems in place that we already had at systemized media yep. to get to uh, you know, from zero to a few million yeah. mm-hmm. very quickly. So that was very easy. Um, one thing that Sam has as well is is such a big drive and you can't do this without uh, yeah. passion and drive. So that uh, had I partnered with someone that didn't have that, I think it would have been completely different because the execution that it took to do what we did was a lot of execution execution and sam's i mean really good at having the passion to get things done so yeah yeah and i think um but like and you were before you partnered with him you were doing marketing already for four years five years it was yeah 
quite a few years yeah. at that point. Yeah. So you had built those systems too. And then this opportunity and the, this idea, I guess, came about. And so anyway, all that to say, it's like, and then, so you went in the first year from zero to 2.5, basically the first 12 month calendar year. Correct. And then, and now this year, what are you on track to do? Well, we're on track to do 20 this year. So we okay. went from 2.5 to 5.6. Uh, to 11.5 to now pacing for around 20 this this year which is incredible and that's, and that's through top line that's that's just the top, top line heating just top line yeah. gotcha. wow which is incredible and also like you both had like five years maybe maybe it was like 10 years of combined experience or something that really came together to make this thing that now has just like it's just like right time right place and like all the skills that you guys build over time so it's like super encouraging to know you know, even if what you're doing right now isn't succeeding mm -hmm. and being open to, or maybe it's not, maybe it is succeeding, but not scaling as fast as you wanted to like top line, I get, or uh, systemized media was succeeding, still is succeeding. It's very profitable, it yeah. uh, but it maybe isn't something that you were, have been able to crack the code on like absolute scale. Like yeah. you can with HVAC. Yeah. So we had, um, we we're pacing closer to 4 million this year in systemized media, okay. which is, which is big, uh, it, growth from last year. I think we were, we were just over 2.5, which we've been at the 2.5 yeah. for a few years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we were kind of stuck at that level, but we have started growing more and that's been a lot of organic growth too, just from people starting to really know us in the industry, but yeah. it's definitely harder to scale that business. Um, just kind of based on the business type and you know what maybe it's not harder to scale maybe it's just just me or something that i haven't seen yet so yeah. that's you know i'm very open-minded as well too yeah i was on a call with the people that are doing restaurants like just restaurant marketing because that's what we're we're like venturing down that road to do marketing for restaurants and, and food service people and so i was just taking calls with the and there's one company uh they have about anywhere between a thousand to twelve, twelve hundred clients at week, monthly on a re, on a retainer, um, doing marketing. And so they figured out like the scaling side of it, and like they're doing, you know, so they're doing maybe four, five, four million a month or something like that, three, four million a month on the marketing side, which is which was super cool to see because their base offer was like a thousand dollars. Yeah. And, um, but they kind of just have their program set and it's very easy for them to implement. And so, yeah, yeah, there's definitely always a way to scale things, but you know, you also find opportunities in whatever you're doing. Cause you, like, I started out as a drummer. I'm horrible at music, <laughs> so, but like I was de de determined in it right. and it led me to, you know, that determination built up the skills that I needed to do now what we're doing and who knows where that will lead. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen top line stuff on my TikTok feed a lot yes. from, from different people. So I guess you guys really leaned into video. We have. Right? And at yeah. what, what point did you guys switch from like the Google and Facebooks to more of like the Instagram and TikTok ads? We've, so we've always been pretty big on, on video. Um, I would say it's been split. It's been, we've been doing some of both, but yeah, in the last I'm going to say year and a half, we really got bigger on TikTok. Mm -hmm. And from the beginning, I mean, we had, <clears throat> when we launched Top Line, we had two or three employees, like instantly, we were taking videos of them. Yeah. Uh, we were interviewing them why they work at Top Line and why this is an awesome place. Um, as soon as we got some some vans wrapped with the teddy bear and stuff, we had them in our videos and it looked like a, 
you know, it looked like a company that's been around a long time. Right. Um, we had, you know, so people started seeing that. People started telling us they were seeing our vans everywhere when we had one or two on the road just because it stood out. Yeah, and so it was much. also in all the videos and everything. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Now, your return on TikTok, is TikTok a good marketing platform for you versus Facebook? It has been, okay. yeah. So um, TikTok's been a little bit harder to scale, but at a smaller level, yeah. Um, at least smaller level for us, it's been, we've been seeing, I think somewhere around a 20X uh, return on ad spend with, with TikTok, nice. which is really good. Facebook, we've scaled to, we've scaled around 10. Um, however, Facebook, we're at a much bigger, bigger scale, so. So top line to do, um, to do 20 million in a year, what's your ad spend? We're spending, um, to, we'll be around 10%, so maybe a little bit less. In the summer, when it's really hot, really demand, we'll see that drop all the way to five. We might see it go up to 11 or 12 in the really mm -hmm. slow nice. seasons, but yeah. Super scalable then. And, and that's, and I'm guessing like you guys didn't, you're not econ, you're local. And so it's content broad, essentially. I mean, if you, I don't want to give away anything. You don't have to say necessarily what you guys do, but I'm assuming. And, um, you know, so you're, one second. There comes a helicopter. One second, we got a helicopter. How's the noise canceling with these? I don't know. Will we be able to hear this still? Yeah, no, no, not well. Not. <laughs> not good. That's a little loud. That's a big helicopter. Yeah. How we do? How we feeling? I mean, yeah, we can roll with it. We can roll with it. Yeah, we can roll with it. All right, so. I mean, it's it's a busy day. It's, it's a, a busy day at busy Chester day County Airport. It's honestly less busy than I was expecting. I wasn't sure what to expect with this, but um, yeah. Anyway, so you guys are, you know, you guys because of your strategies. I mean, local for us with restaurants, local works the same. It's just like print on demand money, right? So it's like, it is. Um, you know, we'll spend five thousand and make seventy five thousand back on ads yeah. at a minimum, and then those customers have a huge lifetime value. Yes. Um, locally. But e-commerce with iOS update, iOS happened in uh, June of uh, 21, and that like wiped out e-commerce as we know it. Uh, but for you guys, you probably haven't really seen any difference. Hasn't been bad at all. Yeah, no, we really haven't. The, there was a bunch of people, even in our industry, talking about kind of the negative effects they have with the iOS update. We haven't experienced any of that. I mean, yeah. the iOS update hasn't affected us at all, yeah. but we're very focused on more of a broad audience. But then once someone shows any type of intent or interest, we're hitting them again and yeah. again yeah. and again. Do you think it's because of like the nature of the product you're selling or the service that you're selling? Well, if you think about HVAC, for example, you have um, you have a percentage of people that are homeowners, and you have those are our ideal clients. Um, on average, people replace their HVAC systems across the U.S. once every 10 years. Some areas, like our area, it might be closer to 15 or 20. 
Um, so if you take if you take ten houses and they're replacing them every ten years, that's one every year. So that means ten percent of the population is it's time for them to replace their system. So what we've done is we've really focused on that replacement market. So if you have if you have a million people, ten percent of them is um, a hundred thousand people. That means there's a hundred thousand people each year that are going to need a system replaced. Right. And so we've really focused on that market to mm-hmm. to grow. Yeah. Are you doing any door to door sales at all, or We're is it not. only ads? Just ads. Wow. Yeah. Just pretty cool. Yeah. Because I get I get like different uh like wi-fi service companies different like heating ac companies they like knock on my doors all the time and have you ever have you guys ever tried that or you guys always been just digital marketing we had uh we did uh not not on any scale to even say it works or doesn't work i think we determined it doesn't work but we didn't do a big enough scale to test yeah um but we had one of the guys on our team Actually, a couple of the guys on our team, on the sales team, have come from door knocking. So, um, a couple of years ago, we decided we're going to go try door knocking. If it can be done in roofing, mm-hmm. hey, why can't we do it in HVAC? I think we went one afternoon and knocked on maybe 20 to 50 doors and got a bunch of, of no's and we decided ads are a little better. So. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, then what what is the process then for someone who clicks on a lead? Uh, or it clicks on an ad, what's the process that they go through before uh, you come in, visit them? Sure, yeah, so most people are gonna see an ad for an estimate on a new system. They will click on it, they'll enter their information, and someone will reach out to them from our office very quickly, mm-hmm. and we will uh, we'll book the appointment for one of the project managers to go out, give them an estimate, um, and then from there, if they, they choose to move forward with it, we can set up the install within a couple of days. So we try to be a same day, next day uh, service company. So we have, uh, right now, because of the heat, we're booked out a couple of days, but most times we have availability next day. So if your system's bad today, we come in today, we can install a new system tomorrow. How many people you have working for you? Uh, right at 60 people at, yeah. at top line. Yeah. And then systemized media is I think 19 or somewhere around there, just under 20. Nice. And then how many are on like the content ad management side? We have, so at top line, we, we have the systemized media team does all of our, all of our ads. So we have, um, we have, we don't really have anyone that's specifically just content Mm -hmm. on at top line. Um, systemized media, we have, um, we have two people that that do video and then um but we have a lot of people in the in the organization that help with different parts of the content whether it be editing um some of the images and different stuff nice yeah that's great do you use um for tracking and stuff like that server-side tracking are you guys um interested in that are you guys paying attention to that are you doing high roast and stuff like that are you still kind of relying on facebook data and all that we're still using, yeah, standard old pixel data. Oh, well. We have, um, but then we track, I mean, based on when someone opts in, we kind of track them them from there. But we, we're not on high roast. Maybe uh, we should be. Not on high roast. Not, well, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I, why why are would you they? guys? Uh, we, we switched over to triple oil. 
But, I mean, we're different. Like, everything that we do, like, if we want to be profitable in TikTok, we need to launch 200 campaigns a week. Like, it's just, it's it's a completely different thing from, and also, you're fighting your average order value versus what you're going to spend on ads, um, which it didn't used to be. Like, we grew our company um, on e-commerce the first two years or the first year and a half of e-commerce, it was a dollar in, $12 out. Um, or so spend a dollar, get $12 back, basically about that. And then it went from, it dropped all the way down to we were around like between, I have to look at the average, it was probably like six before the iOS update, which then took us to last year we spent a million on Facebook at a 1.37 ROAS, um, which basically allowed us to lo- only lose 200,000 mm-hmm. on the front end, but then those people come back. Um, and uh, since then, we've done a ton of automation. So we've cut about 500,000 from our payroll. Mm-hmm. Um, and and our production, we can way out-produce out capacity sure. right now, which is good. But ads continually, like in our in our industry, like continually get more and more expensive as more and more tricks and tips are taken away. Mm-hmm. And so that's like, but then you have our restaurant or our, our retail locations where we do, uh, we're doing a lot more of like your strategy. And then, you know, for us, it's like give a free cookie or something like mm-hmm. that and, and, and stuff like that. So that is like crazy good returns and so we're working on six six locations right now and then centralized manufacturing so that we can really scale Mm -hmm. um i think for the last us for the last six months eight six eight months we've basically been at the same place um because our main form of marketing and growing was e-commerce and we would use e-commerce and then we do one store at a time but when you're doing brick and mortar it's lawyers landlords and losers is basically what i like to say so you do one at a time but one can take a whole year to do and um you but it doesn't necessarily matter as much um because we were so focused because e-commerce was always so profitable uh but then ios changed that and so now we're building up our pipeline to open more stores and that's really We've always had such success. Like we will, no matter what we spend on a store, we pay it off in the first month, or we get it back in the first month. And so, um, that's that's we've always had such great success with that. And since our centralized manufacturing is coming online soon, uh, we felt comfortable to start going ahead and get like grade A type of locations and uh, scaling again with that that route. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, different times for different uh, industries and stuff like that. So we're just trying to find the. Uh, the next route to scale, I think. Which, which really, the only thing that changed on the ad side were two things. Um, one, the cost per impression has went up some, which that obviously affects. It's about cost. the same. The cost per impression is about the same. We had, um, we had the ability to target and track has got changed a little bit, and mm-hmm. people in general may be seeing more ads, which equals less attention on specific ones so right um, but what hasn't changed is if you can get attention and if you can get someone to 100 someone in with the right bait um, we just got to be better on the bait side and the content 100%. side yeah mm-hmm. 
And so that's where Cameron excels for us. Right. Um, you know, Cameron's content director, he's he's managing two other people. Yeah. Isaac yep. and two other people and, and then everyone. So yep. We're doing three to five hundred pieces of content a month. Yep. Yep. And uh, between 10 and 25 organic views every month. Mm-hmm. And so we've found we found income through that way with e-commerce, but it's not you still meant the reliability of paid is something that we're still missing. So you might mm-hmm. have huge spikes, but then you also have downtimes too. Sure. So that's yeah. awesome. How are you producing that many pieces of content? <laughs> I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, and then the the podcast is like a that's that adds another fifty pieces of content to that. But but really, it's just like we repurpose a lot of content. It's like we have 30, 40 pl- flavors or whatever it is, and like we can take different clips from different videos and repurpose them. Uh, we do a lot of review videos, um, trending videos. So I mean, it's really just uh, shoot every day. Yeah, and then every and edit every night, and then yeah, yeah. And yeah. we have uh, some some fine folks in the Philippines helping us out too. Yeah, sure. Um, and a little bit of uh, some AI plugins and different things like yeah, that. Yeah, AI has been pretty cool. What are you us. doing with AI for the content? So AI uh, long form content is really great. So like right now, this podcast that we're listening to, I'm going to put all of the clips into like a premiere timeline, and then I can use AI to cut up camera angles based off of like who's speaking and the cameras will point to that person who's speaking when they are speaking. So I don't really have to edit the, the overall like production of the podcast at all. But the one thing that AI is still lacking is like the emotional component of it. So it's like, if I'm speaking, it's going to be pointed on me. But if we're non-verbally reacting to something that I've said, or you said, or something like that, AI doesn't exactly know that when they're looking at the video, they're just cutting to the different speakers. So it, it cuts down like three to four hours of editing still. But, um, and then like on the short form side, I can take this, the same video, long form video, and I can cut it up into shorts, wow. put it into a program and it'll give me like 10 to 15 different shorts and it will grade them for me. Tell me what the hook is, what I need to work on, um, some different point keys like that. It's still that, that short form thing is a little bit difficult. Um, short form is so important though, because so, you really need to dial in the hook right away and figure and keep. Yeah. It's like candy. You got to keep feeding the candy right. the whole way through, and, and AI doesn't necessarily know. No, not not completely. Um, there are like yeah, it, it's getting better, and there's new programs coming online every single day that really help with that. And then also on the copy side, we use AI a lot with copy. Yeah, sure. Just like, and, and it's like. I'm learning too. There's a lot of prompts that are involved with AI to make sure that the AI is working for you as much as possible. So telling it like, you know, I'm, I'm about to make a video. So like we just came out with a millionaire, uh, a video where we knocked on big houses and we asked people to have cookies and conversation with us. Sure. And I asked AI to write me out a timeline for an eight and a half long minute video where we go up to people's houses and we exchange cookies with them. And it gave me second by second what scenes would be happening and like even what people were going to be saying in the video. Wow. And so it gives you a good baseline for like what direction you should head. But it's still, like I said, with the emotional component, like you still need to like then take that information Mm -hmm. and then refine it to fit like what your what your brand voice is. Makes sense. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, I mean, um, we also, you know, 
with we need to do that because for us a thousand sales on a saturday is a bad saturday yeah so i mean how many sales did you have the whole year to get to 20 million um that 20 million it will be probably about 2000 2000 sales <laughs> yeah. so it's a yeah. different, it's a different well, yeah. but we're our average order value in in stores like 17 dollars yeah right and so if we want to do 20 20 25 grand on a saturday or whatever the number is you got a lot of, you got to get a sure. lot of people through your doors and so yeah i guess too like we're not always fulfilling a need either like no, with the service companies like if your hvac breaks you obviously need one so do you though I don't know. You don't, do you? I guess. <laughs> Just, I don't know. Today well, we do. Yeah, yeah, you definitely do. At one point, you people didn't. didn't have that. Yeah. You probably still have some relatives that don't need it. Um, some people still have no AC in this area. It's surprising yeah. how yeah. many. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah, I use window units in my house. Yeah. But my house was built in 1900, so... Yeah. I don't know exactly how so I would get. So in 1900, get. they didn't even have window units. They lived without it. I don't know how they did it. <laughs> once crazy. We I, I don't understand that. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, like how many people, how many like leads are you getting that they got on a call with you and they realize that they don't cost, even need? Oh, what's your cost per lead? Yeah. So we have right now, it's like $50 a lead somewhere around there. Wow. Um, we have, and I don't have the reports pulled up right in front of me. So I'm just giving kind of. That's fine. Close numbers, but so he's lying to us. <laughs> just but fifty dollars a lead—that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, that's really good. Um, I mean, that's yeah. But that's for that's for someone looking for an estimate, and mm -hmm. then we'll have thirty to forty percent of those are booking into an appointment. Yeah, and then we have we're closing forty to fifty percent of those. So your close is costing three hundred bucks. Um, it's closer to—is that what that math is? It's probably closer to 500. It's more than 300. So if we okay. have we have $50 leads and say we get 10 of them, that is uh, $50 times 10, that's $500. We have, um, we have 30% of them turn into an appointment, that's three. 30% of them close, that's one. So yeah, basically 10 leads, yeah, it's closer to $500 a sale. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's, I mean, that's because you're talking to the your, mic. Your order. Yeah, sorry. Uh, this guy. <laughs> uh, so, your average order value or average customer value 13,000? Yeah. Somewhere 10 to, it's around 13. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, which it varies. Sometimes we have it up to 15, sometimes it's down at 10. It can vary depending on time of year. Yeah. Um, but we've been. We bit yeah. If I was to look right now, it's probably closer to fifteen. But then our costs may be a little bit higher as well on the on the conversion side. And what are you netting? Um, right now we are so we really now that we kind of got to the volume level that we have, we we're netting we're able to net a lot more. Um, we we're able to go direct to manufacturer and cut out some of the the middle yeah, sure. extra costs and suppliers and stuff so that that took our profit up um kind of as we were growing we were netting uh, a lot less with the fast growth but now that we kind of got to the stage that we're at now we're able to get a lot better pricing on um on equipment and everything we're closer to 25 to 30 percent net. Oh, okay 
Yeah, the, I mean that's but but for contracting service I mean you you guys are great because you have a product with a service add-on <laughs> and so it's it's almost yeah it's, it's great but I mean roofing is the same where everybody's trying to hit about 30% uh, for you guys to grow as fast as you're growing and still be above 20 is incredible <laughs> um, so yeah no, that's awesome yeah we had um yeah, so it was obviously quite a bit less in the in the what we've seen in our growth is we um you know, we weren't focused on taking any money out of the business to start out. So we were putting everything back in. But what we quickly did is we drew out our org chart and everything and we built a management team too soon and we got heavy on overhead too soon, which which affected profit. Um but once we kind of grew past that and really figured out where everything needed to be, now it's now it's easy at, at this size. It's much easier than it was when it was half the size. Yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations. That's great. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's um, but I have a question on the content side because I am the content guy. What what is what makes a good ad video ad great question so you got to grab their attention within a second or millisecond right away it needs mm -hmm. to be instant if it's like got this intro the intro is great for a movie but not for social media right. so they're scrolling you know you're based on the first couple seconds you're deciding whether or not you're going to watch that right. video so you got to grab their their attention right away um, a lot of our ads they need to have some type of offer or bait so people need a reason to take action and they need to be told to take that act they need to be told basically what the steps are to take that action so mm -hmm. um, if if the offer is a free estimate for a new ac system they need to know hey you got to click the link below and then fill out the form and we'll reach out for the estimate so they got to know the next steps um, it's it's kind of like they're walking into a, a dark tunnel or a cave and you just want to turn the lights on so they can see where they're going right um, those are i mean those are the two key things i have yeah and what what do you guys use as as the hooks right now so we put a lot of focus on making it affordable for people. Mm -hmm. uh, we put a lot of focus on financing. So a lot of people finance home improvement projects like this, and you can get a new HVAC system or a new heating system or a new air conditioning system, whether you have it currently or don't have it with no money down, no money out of pocket. Um, we have options where they don't have to put any money down for a year or two, depending on the offer, um, and then just low monthly payments after that. So we, we put a lot of a lot of emphasis on uh, the payments, a lot of emphasis on you could wait all summer to get a new system from a lot of contractors. We can get out tomorrow. Mm -hmm. A lot of emphasis on our warranties and and so those are some of the some of the hooks. Nice. Um, I know you said you have window units. I don't know if you carry them out of the basement or out of the attic to put them in the 
in the, in yeah. the windows Basement every year. Basement and attic, depending on what floor I need to put them into. Yeah. 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 I mean, you seem fit, but that obviously you could, I mean, you could drop it out the window. You could, if you leave it in the window a little extra long, you have the cold air coming in. Right. There's, there's, I don't know if you noticed or not, but it probably costs somewhere around 20 to $40 a month per window unit on your electric bill. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you could cool the whole house for that and just get in with a low monthly payment on a new system. So there's, you know, those are some of the things that we'll hit on. Yeah, nice. And I, I also realized too, with some of the ads I've seen on TikTok, it's, it's very like raw and organic, just like in the shop or at someone's house, just like showing what things look like and not, it's not like a very curated video. Yes, that we've, that's worked well for us yeah. being more raw and organic. Yeah. That's awesome. And so are there certain people on the team that normally are the personalities in those videos? And do you see some people convert better than others? I see you dance around on there. Yeah, Yeah. sometimes me, sometimes my business partners, sometimes uh, we have a couple people at Systemize that will make the videos as well. Um, Same deal. I, I wouldn't say we necessarily see different personalities that convert better. Um, I think it's more based on the hooks that are in the video. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So I guess we should talk about the helicopter a little bit. Let's talk about the helicopter. Let's talk about how you can get a helicopter for free. Yes. And how how the common man can also get a jet for free. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to combine my strategies and Doug's strategies to make this happen. Yeah. So okay. so I'm. Uh, yes. So yeah. so when did when did you get this? This um, just a couple months ago. So this is a fairly new purchase. Big big thanks to Chester County Aviation for letting us use their hangar here today as well. For yes. the, am I allowed to yeah. say that? Yeah. yeah. For, <laughs> for this. So and a big thanks to them. They are a. Um, Robison helicopter dealer. They sell these new as well as a broker. So they helped me with that, with the acquisition of this helicopter. Um, what they do is they also do flight training. So if you want to get your helicopter license, you can come here and fly this helicopter and get your helicopter license um, or airplane license. They have a lot of, a lot of aircraft on their fleet that they, they manage and they also uh, do sunset tours and tours as well. Mm. So um, candy drops, golf ball drops, different stuff like that with with aircraft and helicopters. So um, when I got in touch with Ethan from, from and and Zach on their team from here, they kind of broke down the economics of of a helicopter. And one thing with an air airplane that you have. Uh, well, just to make it really, really simple, if you have an airplane that is, you're leasing it out to a place like this where they're using it on their fleet, they will pay for every hour that it is used and they will pay more than the maintenance cost per hour are. So if you're not flying it at all and you just have it on a fleet, you can mm-hmm. potentially make money with it. Um, if you're flying it, those owner hours are gonna come out of that. So I set up a brand new LLC for this helicopter and then I'm leasing it to Chester County Aviation. So the helicopter is basically a business. Let's break down the numbers. Cost to the, to the dime, cost of the helicopter. 300,000. Okay. Um, 
So since it's a, it's a commercial aviation leasing company, there's no sales tax on that. Um, there was, we actually got it for I think 285. So, but with, with um, some of the other things right off the bat, we were about 300,000. Um, now these do take, and I don't have all the numbers right in front of the, me, but these do take maintenance and it costs a couple hundred an hour for maintenance as well as you got to put some money into engine reserves because mm -hmm. these helicopters need uh the engines need rebuilt on this particular model i think it's every either 2200 or 2600 hours right um so whenever someone's flying it you're calculating that and you're you're keeping a reserve for when it needs rebuilt as well so it costs about 190,000 to rebuild this helicopter and when I bought it, it had in between five and six hundred hours. How much did it cost to rebuild it? One hundred and ninety thousand. Okay. This one had in between uh, five and six hundred hours left to fly before for rebuild. I think it was closer to six hundred. So, um, so you take that and the economics of this helicopter, if it flies the amount of hours that we want it to fly, um, it will bring after maintenance reserves and engine reserves, it'll bring in right around the six figure mark per year. Okay. Now that's obviously if it, if something crazy goes wrong with it and yeah. there was to be an engine failure before or something there, you know, could be, could be, le there's always risk, right? So it's not guaranteed. Mm -hmm. Um, but it can cash flow extremely well. So with the amount of hours we'd want to fly this thing, it would take about two and a half years before we'd need rebuild. And then after rebuild, we'd have like eight years, nine years left of, of them flying it every year. So the breakdown of the math on this is in five years, we should be able to pay off the helicopter and the overhaul, but the helicopter at that point would be worth more because it was recently. State trooper. Stadies pulled up. Let, let, yeah, okay. <laughs> but the helicopter at that point would be worth more because it had a fresh overhaul, so it would have a yeah. lot more hours left on it. So, so fresh overhaul equals helicopter worth more, and in the meantime, you're, you're uh, profiting after let's say you like let's say you finance it right yeah what's in a term of uh property what people might understand like okay if you have if you finance the whole thing and all of that stuff what would be your return per year on the interest liabilities all that stuff versus income versus income so the jet i was looking at was somewhere around 20 percent with this um which is taking it's a three hundred thousand dollar Helicopter it costs one hundred ninety thousand to overhaul it, so let's just say four hundred and ninety thousand all in for the next fifteen ten years. 15. 10 years. Um, so, and then you're looking at about a hundred thousand a year after everything. So you're, uh, you have a basically a hundred safe hundred percent margin. Um, hundred percent. So you're making or so. If you're basically spending 500 and you're making a million in 10 years, in 10 years. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And yeah. can you fly me? I, they'll fly me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. You, now let, now this is something <laughs> I'm very excited about because 
I have supercars, um, and I don't spend money on them. They're they're free, um, kind of like these helicopters. And I'm learning more about planes. So we're we have Lyle here looking at. Um, well, you could just tell. You could just say everything. I'm a, I'm a dummy. So. Yeah. So I was looking at a Citation Two, um, Jet now, and and I have a friend that has a Challenger 300 down in Florida. Um, that's Alex and Chris that I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have, and they fly 40 to 50 hours a month themselves, and then they charter it. 40 to 50 hours a month the first year they had it they broke even um and then last year they put about four hundred thousand in but they're chartering 40 to 50 hours a month so you take 40 hours times times 10 that's 400 another two months that's 480 480 hours it would cost them um i mean what's 480 hours times just say five thousand at a reasonable charter rate yeah i it mean would, uh, yeah it yeah. would cost them four million three, or whatever. yeah three yeah. four million to just charter that yeah. mm -hmm. and yep. they're doing it with four hundred thousand yep. now they're that's with their own plane and it's chartering the rest so um as i was talking with them about the numbers i started thinking well what if you would buy a plane and not fly it just let it charter yeah and that's where there's there's definitely profit potential. Most people aren't doing it like that. They're doing it to fly it, but at some point you can fly it for free. I mean, you could fly it, you know, once a month for free, right? You could easily. I mean, you could you'd like if you think about how much you probably travel. I don't know your travel schedule, but I'm guessing you're not going more than three times a month. Correct. Yeah. So, so then <laughs> if you if you yeah, so if you're maximizing your three times a month allowance, you're still gonna make. 250,000 a year. So that jet, um, others on the fleet like this were making about 300,000 a year and it's a $1.3 million jet. Um, so Which, if we talk about a $1.3 million jet and using the strategies that we were talking about, you maybe get it for 1.15 <laughs> and then you put zero of your own money into it based off of appraisal and purchase. Uh, so you're just cash flow. You're at a 23, 24% cap rate. If you look at a, from a property standpoint or your, your cash, your profit is, you know, 23% after your interest. And then you take your interest out of that or whatever. The, now if, the, if you're not paying cash, yeah. the variable, the variable that does have to be considered as well with a jet or with the aircraft the risk in it is if something goes wrong maintenance wise and it sits for a while now it's not making that charter revenue while it sits so um there is overall they are a higher reward but they're a higher risk than real estate as well they're known to be a little bit higher risk so mm -hmm. i think what i've seen is higher risk equals higher reward for sure have you seen the same thing? I've seen the same thing. Yeah, I would say, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I, what, I, you know, my parents never made more than 40,000 a year, really, combined. And so, for me, um, they were very safe and they got safe returns on that safety. And so, for me, I'm, I feel like I'm betting the farm every day, basically. And um, as long as I don't go below zero, I feel I feel comfortable. And so, 
that is uh but with that you know we'll personally uh just got Uh, so like we will I think we'll make eight five hundred this year, which you probably will. I mean, did you? I don't know if you applied or not. And I'm sorry. Eight five hundred this year. I think I didn't apply. Maybe didn't I should. Apply. You should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but we didn't apply for, but we still received uh, the Young Entrepreneur of the Year award through small business stuff like that, which just gives you more recognition, recognition, and then uh, and then for us, uh, more sales, and so. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, because of that, you know, we went from, I went from zero to, you know, uh, last year we did four, over 4 million and obviously it was very risky the whole way there, <laughs> but it worked out so far. It's great. Congrats. Yeah. Congrats to you. Just congrats to you. Sorry, Cammy B. Yeah. It's Sorry, Cammy right. B. It's all right. It's all right. So. All right. Well, you know. This has been great. Anything else you want to say to the people? You know, top line heat and air, the best way to stay cool during the summer and well, warm during the winter. Where'd you get your uh, custom Air Force Ones these, at? These are awesome, aren't they? They're top pretty sick. Line. I noticed them so, right as you stepped out of the truck. If you're in the area, or if you're not, I know we're expanding, and you want a <laughs> pair of these, come work for Top Line Heating and Air for three years, and on your third anniversary, you get a pair of these. Wow. Wow. That's Where'd the you deal. get them from? Um... I've been with Topline for three years, so I think it's Sam's. I think it was Sam's wife, Anastasia, probably, or Sam that pulled it together. So yeah. uh, they they got it for me the other day. So got to talk to Sam. I've been with Taylor Chip for three years, almost, almost, almost. We'll I should, get you some. We'll get you some Taylor Chip Air Force Ones. I feel like I could really rock them. I like them. <laughs> I like them. Yeah, no, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, awesome. Well, awesome. Anything else you want to leave uh, leave the people with? If you haven't yet, get some Taylor Chip cookies. Can I open this? Yeah. Yeah, are these, these are for you. These are for you and, nice. and whoever. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Look at that. Cookie review? S'mores. Yeah, you want to do a cookie review? Wait, can we do a cookie review sitting in a helicopter? Or maybe... Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's do a cookie Let, review. Let's end this and then we can we'll hop this. in the all helicopter. Right. Thank you all for enjoying another episode with Lyle Horse of Systemized Media and uh, Top Line Heating and Air. Yeah. Yeah, that's Thanks it. for watching another episode of Cookies watching. and Profits. Yeah, where we Thanks. talk about cookies and, and profits. profits. Perfect. <laughs> awesome. There's that. Nice. Ooh.